Hi, this is Liz Ryan, and this is the Work-Related Podcast, Episode 18. On the podcast, we talk about how to make work more human. The company is called Human Workplace, and our mission is to reinvent work for people. So this podcast is part of that effort to talk about the human side of work and to help people grow their muscles to make work more human for themselves and the people they work with, wherever they work. Topic today is how to grow your credibility and visibility at work. We we call that that uh, set of activities growing your flame, feeling better, and being stronger by stepping more into further into your power at work, growing your credibility and your visibility. Now listen, this does not mean bragging or grandstanding or praising yourself or any of that unseemly stuff that sometimes we have run into at work. I I wouldn't be surprised if you run into that. I have people that see a job as just kind of a, mm, a megaphone, right? To promote themselves. And that's not always great. We can sympathize with the underlying insecurity that would make someone do that, but it's not necessarily pleasant to be around. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about we all want to do something, right? And and with luck at work, we have an agenda, some kind of personal agenda. Even if we haven't formulated it specifically or intentionally, even if our satisfaction doesn't primarily come from our job, which is absolutely fine, of course. Some people really plug into their power source at work, whether that's the people that they work with or the creative things they get to do at work or the problems they get to solve at work. And other people don't view it like that. They want a job to support them financially to sustain the other things that they do outside of work where they really grow their flame. Either way, absolutely fine. It's a personal journey in every case. But if you have a job or some kind of work, paid work, um, Unpaid work too, but we're really talking about compensated work right now. In this episode, there is an opportunity to use that job or that assignment to expand your vision of what's possible for yourself beyond the bounds of here's the job description. Here's what we're paying you to do. Please go do this stuff. There is not always, but very, very often, an opportunity to expand that container. And one of the big ways to do that is to test yourself, to step through boundaries that you may not even have been aware were there and to grow professionally and personally on the job. And a manifestation of that is to become known to yourself, most importantly, and potentially to other people as somebody who can be a a, a mentor or um, a guide or a teacher or a trainer or a role model or, or a collaborator. And doing that requires us, or at least relies heavily on us, stepping into something new. So that's what we're talking about in this episode, expanding the container on all sides, growing your credibility for yourself above all, and secondarily for the people you work with, 
perhaps your customers, vendors, partners, others, and your visibility so that people know you. Now, why is that desirable? You might say, I don't, I don't want people to know me. I want to stay in the corner, do my thing. Absolutely fine. You can do that. But here's the benefit. Here's the benefit to expanding your repertoire of the ways that you interact with others and view yourself and your role at work. Here are the advantages. When you step into this exercise and this practice of increasing your credibility, your knowledge base, your network, if you will, your contacts at work, you get new inputs. And new inputs may be the very most important part of growing as a person and a professional. We can't do it all ourselves. We can't solve our lives or our careers like an equation in our heads. I try to do it. Maybe you try to do it too. I was just talking with one of the coaches in the Human Workplace Coaching Network yesterday about this topic because we're both big solvers. Let me just go sit on this couch over here and solve every problem in my head <laughs> like a super calculator. Except it doesn't work that way. Because you know what? All the information, so much valuable information is out there. And it's not like, you know, I'm gonna, I know exactly where it is and I'm going to make a beeline straight for that destination where that information is. I have to go out there and encounter the world and encounter other people to get that input from the universe, right? I have to go step out into it and all the learning is there. A lot of it is in me, but it takes that external exposure and, 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 and grappling with reality in the form of places and people and events and feelings and so on to, to bring it out of me. Right. So only so much I can do in my house, sitting in the corner with the lights off, right? I'm not going to solve my life or my career in my head. So when we ask ourselves or allow ourselves to just push the boundaries a little bit, to get out of our routine, to get out of the people that we spend the most time with conventionally, to get out of where we're comfortable in terms of subject matter, expertise, and expand, step into other areas that we're not as familiar with, test ourselves, challenge ourselves, right? That's how we grow. We grow through change. We don't grow through doing the same thing over and over. So this idea of growing your credibility and your visibility at work is very bound up with and really inextricable from personal growth, personal growth, expanding those boundaries. When you take that little risk, step through that little boundary and interact with someone on a meaningful level that you didn't interact with on that level before, you invite them to be part of your brain trust and part of your, the energy that surrounds you and you do the same thing for them. Is very powerful. And when you step into activities and learning and new skills and new experiences that you haven't had before, same thing. You grow, you get stronger. And sometimes it's slow and it's maybe imperceptible in the moment. But over time you say, wow, ever since I got on that committee or I got involved with this resource group or I did this thing at work that I wasn't even sure I had time to do, but I I stepped up and I did it. It has changed me. I noticed the change in myself and other people notice it too. How isn't that a great thing? It is. It's a great thing. So I'm challenging you 
to grow your credibility and your visibility at work, meaning more people who know of you, who know you, who interact with you, who heard about you, without thinking of it as, oh, I'm going to be this big self-promoter. It's not that at all. It's actually allowing more of your creativity, your spark, your ideas, right? Your collaborate collaboration to, to come out. I teach that the three big things you get at any job, when you walk into a job and you take with you when you leave that job, eventually after one year, five years, 10 years, whatever it is, three big things that we accumulate on a job. Number one, resume fodder. That means things that can go on your resume. Now you're not just accumulating new experiences, new skills, new training, and so on to put it on your resume. That's not the reason that you get it because the learning is in you. And if you never wrote another resume, you'd still have that learning and it would color and shape the way the rest of your life goes and the way that you think about things. But if you think of it as I'm going to get this resume fodder, then you're going to behave differently. You're going to step into new situations and take on a new project and volunteer to do something and, and, and suggest that we should have a committee looking at this or that, or maybe you'd like me to lead that meeting next week, Marsha, you know, or should we get, you know, should we make this part of our plan for next year to look at this issue or that issue that might involve this other department? You know, when you stretch the, your vision for what your role is and what you in that role could be, this is how we grow. And we also get amazing resume fodder that really resonates. Not just, I worked on version one of the software and then I also worked on version two, although that's great in and of itself, but really I stepped into something that was new for me and I made what had been scary, foreign terrain, unknown terrain into familiar terrain. And I learned a lot and I got stronger and I'd love to tell you the story. So that's the kind of resume fodder I'm talking about. Sure, it could be going to a class and learning a new tool or a new piece of software. That's absolutely great. But I'm really interested in the experiential side. I saw it. I stepped into it. I proposed it. Maybe I championed it and I did it. I did it. I did it. I did it. And I'd love to tell you the story. And then it goes on the resume. It becomes one of your dragon slaying stories. So the three things we look to accumulate at any job are resume fodder. I just spoke about contacts, meaning people who know you and you know them, that's the network that you're building. You'll be maybe good friends with some, just very, very glancing friends with others, acquaintances. It's absolutely fine. Keep in touch with some, keep less in touch with others, but people who know you and you know them and you and they can support one another going forward, maybe over the years or decades. I say decades and you say, who's even thinking about that? I know that's my point. Who's thinking about that? But they will pass whether you're thinking about it or not. Those decades will pass and they will fly by. And I'm here to tell you because I'm going to like my mega high school reunion with these kids that I hung out with in the 70s (laughs) going to my reunion. And I actually can't wait to see them because they're the chillest people. But it really is a true thing. People that you meet at work, doesn't matter if you're 22, 27, 36, 45, 59, It really does make a difference. People who know you and people you know. And having those shared experiences at work is a big thing. It's not, it's not nothing. And it's not transactional. It's not like, well, if this person can't do anything for me, I don't need to know them. It's not that. 
Anyone you know can do a lot for you and you can do a lot for them just in the form of moral support or help and advice. You've shared experiences with them and work, you know, can be very intense. You go through that with someone and you have a shared kind of sense of the world and vocabulary from that time you spent together. I'm in touch with people I worked with 40 years ago. It's really wacky and wonderful. Maybe you are too. So the first thing we want to accumulate on a job is resume fodder. The second one is contacts. And the third one is just a elevated form of contacts called references. A lot of places don't check references, but when you go to job hunt, some of them do. And having people who can speak about you. So it's a subset of your contacts is people that can and, and are willing to talk about you. That's a very important kind of contact. And we're super grateful, of course, for our reference givers. You can be reference givers for them too. So those are the three things. I say, you know, think about any new job that you take as a level in a video game. I don't play video games, but my kids do. A lot of video games, you get to a new level and there's some kind of treasure to be found on that level, but there may be some kind of villain to be vanquished before you can get the treasure. And they call that villain a boss. In the video game, there's some kind of boss that you got to defeat. So you can think of a job that way. There may not be a boss you have to defeat. I hope not. But there's probably some kind of treasure that you can find. And the thing about that treasure is you're going to leave that level eventually, but you're going to keep the treasure. It's going to it's gonna be something you take with you. That's like the resume fodder and the contacts and the references. That's why I always encourage people when trying to decide, should I quit my job or should I stay? Well, what's the treasure? Do you already have it? What's the treasure available in this job, in this role, and maybe this company? Do you already have it? Then you should probably think about leaving. Or is it still out there and you don't have it? Whether it's some kind of international experience or you've never been involved in this kind of work or, you know, you're, you're sticking around because you want to hobnob with salespeople or you want to do a forecast. You've never done that or you want to learn a new tool. But figure it out. Be very clear about that because once you get that treasure, you're kind of living on borrowed time and it's kind of time to think about the next place. It doesn't benefit you to stick around in the same job for years and years after you got the treasure. If there's no new treasure in sight, you're actually, you know, kind of hurting yourself. I understand fear of change, fear of job hunting, but you know, that's the thing. Um, my husband talked to somebody who said, you know, you go to LA, I love living in LA, but you sitting by the pool and it's very comfortable and it, in five minutes, you know, 20 years have passed. And that's the same thing that happens on the job. You fall asleep. You say, whoa, 20 years have passed. And I haven't learned anything new. I haven't challenged myself. It's like I do this job like I'm sleepwalking. I'm not sure that's the best possible thing I could have done. Now I really need to shake it up and probably grow my muscles and do something else. So when you think about these three things that we look to accumulate at a job, the treasure on the level of the video game, resume fodder, contacts and references, growing your credibility and your visibility will get you all three of these things. And it'll feel good too and make you stronger and, and bring you more into your power. Okay. So these are the reasons to do this. So now the question is, okay, great. How is, how do I grow my credibility and my visibility? Well, the first thing uh, is to look at your own assignment, your own role. What is your job? What is your job? And what I want you to do is get altitude on the job. When you have a quiet moment, get out a piece of paper, maybe a device, and diagram the job. What is the role that you have? 
What's the job title? What department are you part of? And who does that job report to? What's their title? And what is the purpose of the job that you have? What is the purpose of the job? A way to think about the purpose of the job as distinct from the job description, the, the list of tasks and duties, way to think about the purpose of the job is to answer the question, what bad thing would happen if I were not here doing this job? Or if, if I were doing the job badly, what bad thing would happen for the organization I work for and for its clients or customers, people who depend on it? What would be the bad thing? So I stand in this job, I stand between that bad thing and the people who would suffer from it, right? I make sure the inventory is always up to date so that we never run short of raw materials for our manufacturing process. That's an important thing. And I'd work with all these suppliers and it's really minute to minute. And, I, and I'm like an air traffic controller, but I'm keeping a lot of things, wheels turning, so that we always have inventory levels where they need them and also uh, where we need them and also not so high that we have inventory sitting on the shelf, gathering dust and costing money, right? Or even parts becoming obsolete. Or I stand between my beautiful clients, at-risk teenagers, and the awful, painful things that could happen to them if they're not getting the support and mentoring they need in, in this, you know, outpatient program that they participate in where I'm a coach. Yeah, I mean, it's a calling and I, you know, I take it seriously, right? Always with the caveat, just because something is really good work in the world and a, and a calling doesn't mean you should not be treated really well, not be paid fairly. That goes for all of us. But, you know, I, I know the impact of my work. This is a question. What's the purpose of the job? What's the impact of the work? And what's the bad thing that could or would happen if you were not there or if you were not doing the great job that you do? That's the second question to answer when you get altitude on your role. Third question is, what are the inputs and what are the outputs? Who are the customers I serve? Is it these, uh, these, these teenagers? Is it uh, the production manager who wants to make sure that inventory levels are where they need to be? And the, and the engineers who are designing the products? Is that my internal customers? Is it actual customers, external to the organization who pay us to deliver certain services? Because I work for a consulting firm and these clients pay us and I have to deliver these services and I take it seriously. Diagram it. What are the inputs? What is asked for? What comes into you to be solved? I did this in my very first quasi grown up full-time job. I was a customer service person. I just did a little diagram because that's how my brain works. Customers call us. There wasn't even email at the time. All right, we're going back and they call us and here's the issues that they have and they are out in the world. Actually, they had retail stores or worked in retail stores and had to have our products on the shelves. And so it was very, it was very much a real thing. And the, and, and the time when you saw that most specifically was when the store was opening. Products had to be there because their store is opening and it would be a disaster. So, you know, that's where the, there was the most pressure might not feel important to me. I'm a customer service person, you know, it's going to go home to my apartment after the workday is done, but they got this store and it's a big grand opening and they've got people coming and it's a very big financial investment for them. And it's, emotional and they're stepping into perhaps entrepreneurism for the first time as a greeting store, greeting card and gift wear store owner. And I 
took it really seriously. Let's get them their stuff, right? So you're so you're asking what who are the people I serve? How do I serve them? And why does it matter? Why is it important? And then you're going to look at how does what I do in my job fit into my department and its goals and the organization as a whole and its goals. So this, you can see this could take some time. It could take some hours to really to really get altitude on your job. And then you're going to say, what is the treasure here that I can get in this role and take with me and have forever on my resume? Yes, but also in me. What are those things? What is the resume fodder and the contacts? Who are the contacts? And potentially a couple of references. You're going to need, uh, very likely need these references at some point down the road, but also it's just great to have people who know your work. It's great to have that touch point, especially when we don't feel as strong as we as we typically feel. When you go through a, a difficult period, if you get laid off or something else unfortunate happens, you know, touch base with one of these people who knows you and they're going to remind you of how significant it was to have you there and why that was so important to them because work is a human place right it really 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 is doesn't matter you know the spreadsheets and all the formulas and the forecasts and the policies and all this kind of stuff the hierarchy it's you know that's actually the impediment a lot of times sometimes it's useful but a lot of times it's an impediment work is really a human place so just remembering what we contributed and who we helped and how we made a difference for people is, is really a big part of our feeling okay and feeling good about ourselves and about stepping into our power. I want to introduce one more idea to you before I get into specifics about how to grow your credibility and your visibility on the job. And that is the concept of boundary spanners. I remember I was so fascinated when I learned about boundary spanners in grad school back in the day, I was working full time as an HR director and I was in school and our professor talked about boundary spanners and there's research on this. And I said, oh my gosh, this is so relevant to what I see at work in HR. Boundary spanners are that subset of people who have a job and they do their job, but the way they do their job is from altitude. They move around the organization and easily put the pieces together. They introduce people to one another who wouldn't otherwise interact. They meet people from other functions where there may not even be an obvious linear logical connection. They just do it and they, and they are boundary spanners because they span the boundaries between departments, silos, all of that, right? Functions. I'm sure you've worked in a place where they say, oh, we never talk to the people in accounting. Well, then the boundary spanner just goes in there and says, hey, I'm Charles, I'm Joanna, you know, let's talk. How are you? What are you guys doing over here, right? Boundary spanners not only reach their own goals more successfully and faster, whatever their own goals are, getting promoted or or, or helping the organization in certain ways, moving on in their career outside of the company, whatever their goals are, boundary spanners are not only more successful by that measure, but also they feel better about their jobs because they're more connected, not just to the other people inside their company, but to the idea of connecting people and understanding how the pieces fit together. A big determinant of actually being 
promoted or asked to do a leadership role at a higher level of the organizational hierarchy is what they call understanding the big picture. Boundary spanners, of course, understand the big picture more readily because they see beyond the walls. The walls are not any kind of impediment to them. They don't say, oh, I don't want to know anything about that. That's that's not my department. They say, no, I want to know about that. Actually, I want to know those people too. And I want to be a resource for them. And I want them to be a resource for me. So it's in your best interest personally, as well as professionally, to try your hand at boundary spanning. And it's just as simple as saying hi to someone in the elevator that you've seen 15 times and you've never spoken to, or introducing yourself to someone at a meeting, or seeing a unfamiliar name in an email thread and writing to them and saying, hey, I saw your name, but we haven't met. And, you know, here's me and it's good to know you. It's as simple as that. The same thing when you're a kid in school. How come there are some kids that are in third grade and they know the fourth and fifth graders? And a lot of the third graders don't. They, they said hi. Does it require you to be a huge people person or anything like that? But stepping out of your own boundary. Maybe that's the boundary that matters the most, right? Is our personal boundary that says, I don't know those people. Well, there's nothing to stop you. Walking down the hallway just to introduce yourself to someone or at a meeting or at an informal gathering somewhere, or in the lobby, or who knows? Who knows? But it's a mindset more than anything else. Okay, so we talked about diagramming your job, and the inputs, and the outputs, and the, and the purpose of the job, and the, and the bad fate that would befall the company and its customers if you were not there, and really understanding that to give you power. And out of that, you're going to look for opportunities to step into new and unfamiliar territory. It might be creating a report or some kind of analysis, right? It might be training a new employee if you haven't done that before. You say, hey, could I get involved in training new employees? And you're going to look at things differently, not just when you're training the new employees, because you're going to see the world through a newcomer's eyes, but even before you train the new employees, you're going to be looking differently at the activities and the tasks and the challenges and the systems because you're going to be thinking, oh, I'm about to train this person. I better understand how these pieces fit together. Stepping into new activities, new challenges, new experiences is the way to grow your credibility and your visibility. Just one day, wait for the wave to come along that lifts you up just high enough to say, yeah, I'll give that presentation. Why not? Sure, I'll sit on that panel at our little conference. It's terrifying, but I'll do it. I'll just do it. I'll prepare. What's the worst that can happen? Right? Yeah, I'll be on that task force. Sure. Planning an event. I don't know anything about planning events. I'll sit on Sure, of course. I'll do it. Let's do it. Oh, why did I sign up for that? Well, I signed up for it. I'm going to do it. Right? Stepping out of the comfort zone is the way to grow your visibility and credibility and grow your flame in the process get stronger now so it's looking at what's important and just enlarging the frame for yourself and how you can operate at work and in general in the, your career and in the world you're going to listen differently you're going to listen more closely to understand what your organization is working on and what's important you're not going to take off the blinders that say, oh, all I care about is this one thing. I got my daily metrics. That's it. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. La, 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 la. I can't hear you. Nope. That's all gone now because you're going to be looking more broadly and say, if this was my company, I would maybe make these changes and I would look at this and I would do that. And when the time is appropriate, you're going to suggest some of those changes. 
you're going to suggest them because that's how you grow your visibility. And credibility is by saying things that are really apt. Like this person has their eye on the ball. This person is on it. This person is paying attention. Hey, Charles, Joanna, I really appreciate your observations. Thank you for saying that. You won't always get your suggestions acted upon. It's normal. It's fine. But it's the visibility of your visibility, your altitude, paying attention. That smart managers, smart leaders will really notice that and appreciate it. And obviously, if they don't, there's plenty of other places you can work. So you're kind of getting altitude on the whole shebang. Getting out of your comfort zone. And then the last thing I would say, capture your triumphs and your learning along the way as you go up in altitude, grow your credibility as a, as a person who is smart, who is on it, right? It's not just waiting for your boss to tell you what to do. You, you see a need and you suggest to your boss, hey, is this something we should be looking at? Eyes and ears and, you know, more gray matter, more really smart heads on a problem or an issue. And you're going to capture the learning maybe in your journal and say, I had no idea what this topic meant. And now I'm looked at as the subject matter expert in this topic because I stepped into it. And that's really like a microcosm of life in general, isn't it?